0: For, for, for life.
1: What is up everybody? It's your boy, Brandon Tanguma, over here with your other boy, Philip Antoine. Philip is a little under the weather, but fear not. He doesn't have the rona, at least we don't know quite yet that he has the rona. You know, sleeping with the window open. We got the California fires just breezing on in. Not very good to inhale all that smoke. So Philip feeling a little under the weather. So he let me take the reins, but he still showed up. You know, Mr. No Days Off. That used to be my moniker, but I'll let Philip handle it for the day. And I used to be the NXT guy around here. So we're gonna take I'm gonna take over the NXT TakeOver 30 recap. Philip. I don't know how much you're gonna be able to talk today, but how are you doing today?
0: Ah, uh, you know it's it, yeah. I, I do sound different. I sound like like ruthless aggression. Triple H, you know, cutting a thirty-minute promo. I'm all right, man. I got this uh, acai blueberry pomegranate vitamin water. It's the XXX one because we're here to talk about NXT Takeover XXX.
1: Yes, we are. Takeover took place at Full Sail University. The commentators for today's show was not the usual crew. We had Beth Phoenix and Vic Joseph. No Mauro Manalo on the call today, but we did have Corey Graves. Philip. any thoughts overall without Mauro? Corey sticking in here. I don't really know if they explained why he was in here instead of Corey, I think, or instead of Mauro. I thought they did a, a fine job. Beth, obviously, once again, not being there live in person, but I think it didn't take away anything. I think obviously maybe Mara would have helped the show, but the commentators were fine for what they were doing.
0: Oh, no, I, I actually liked it. You know, I don't think I've ever heard uh, Vic Joseph and Corey Graves call anything together, so I, I liked that. I liked their little dynamic there, and uh, Beth Phoenix not being there, it didn't really put it downer on things. I thought she added uh, to the product when she did have her moments to shine, so I thought all three of them did good business.
1: Philip, did you watch the pre-show?
0: Uh, I did not. I was uh, was taking a little Napsky.
1: Well, I did not watch it as well, but we will just talk about it briefly, what happened. Uh, the only match of note, I believe, is the number one contendership for the NXT Tag Team titles. The NXT Tag Team title picture isn't exactly what it used to be, but in this match we had a three-way dance with Brizongo taking on Danny Burch. And Oni Lorkin, as well as Lagado del Fantasma, Walking Wild, and uh, Carl—not Carlos Mendoza. What's what? I don't even know. Mendoza. We'll just call him Mendoza. Why the hell not? And the winner of that match was Breezango. So we will be getting Breezango taking on Imperium somewhere down the line.
0: Oh, that's great, man! And NXT UK—it's making a return in September. So that's uh, maybe that'll be the first show
1: maybe it will be the first show then we get nxt takeover 30 we get the kickoff we get the whole video montage is building up all the different matches that'll be taking place we see a cut of the arena with the wrestlers in attendance we get introduced to the commentators and the first match was finn balor taking on timothy thatcher I thought this was a, uh, a good match. You knew with the match going in with Timothy's catches, uh, catch can type of style. This was definitely going to be heavily influenced by that. The big story of the match was Timothy was working over—I don't know why I keep calling him Timothy— Thatcher worked over Finn Balor's leg, and that really was uh, the focal point of the match. But in the end, Finn Balor was able to gut through it and get the victory if I can pull up the match officially went 13 minutes and 32 seconds we get Thatcher obviously working over the leg for a, a bit of time Finn Balor making a little bit of comeback and Thatcher gets back onto the leg Finn Balor able to make another comeback for the hits the bloody Sunday hits the coup de grace for the win well I guess hit it backwards hit the coup de gras first then the bloody Sunday for the win
0: uh, it's not the 1916 anymore
1: I call it the Bloody Sunday because, oh, okay. damn it, that's what it is.
0: Oh, oh, the, the Japan talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did like this. So we, we got an email from our boy, Hootie Who. Hootie Who. Do you? He says, Thatcher and Finn, was, this was just a taste of what they can do further down the line. Put them in there for 20 minutes, hell, will put a title on the line, and those mates will do a great job. Oh, uh, yeah, I did like this. You said it was about 13 minutes, right?
1: Thirteen minutes, thirty-two seconds.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds about right. It was, it was just a taste, like Hootie who said, just a nice little taste. I did enjoy uh, Thatcher working over, uh, Ballard's uh, what was it, his ankle or his knee? Um, yeah, yeah, I I, I enjoyed that. I mean, uh, the Thatcher's Thatch can style that he that that he uh, embarks in his matches. I really do love that. Uh, it's it's just great to see a um, uh, Northern California native uh getting to shine on such a big platform.
1: You know, I say this all the time. I saw Thatcher twice at the Crunch here in San Lorenzo City. So, you know, I mean, we're basically best friends now. But You guys are I, gym buddies. I know we are gym buddies. I saw him on the Stairmaster being a good old, you know, English-style wrestler, just like William Regal said, because I think when William Regal went on his hiatus because of all the... Uh, extracurricular activities that William Regal would endure. He had to go back, and the way he got his wind back was going on the Stairmaster. So if any young wrestlers out there have been wrestling that much and trying to get your wind back, that's how you do it, according to William Regal and Timothy Thatcher. Get on that Stairmaster. Absolutely. Well, I quite enjoyed the match, as Phillips said, uh, the Thatchist, Thatch Can style of wrestling. We've seen it a little bit. Uh, with the uh, Matt Riddle match and the caged uh, I don't even know what you call it, the Lion's Den-esque match that we saw with him. And that's pretty much them, uh I keep wanting to call, I don't know why I keep wanting to call him Timothy. Thatcher, that is the style and he's bringing all the wrestlers down and making him wrestle that type of style. I would, I wasn't assuming that the ladder match was going to start off the show, but that's kind of how NXT and the takeovers kind of like to start. They like to start it off with kind of that high energy, high octane style of match, but this definitely was a different type of match. Maybe it is because there is no crowd in attendance. So you don't need to really build everybody up to that phonetic pace. And obviously we had the ladder match later on, which is what they were trying to achieve.
0: All right, Brandon, I'm i I'm going to give it a B plus. What about you?
1: I will give it a B. I thought it was good. Don't think I'm as high on it as you, but I did think that it was well worked. But speaking of that ladder match, we had the second match being the North American title match. In a ladder match, five participants, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, and Velveteen Dream. Every man gets their own special ring entrance. We get Bronson Reed Rockets and Bam Bam Bigelow type attire. Velveteen Dream with the Scott Steiner headdress. And this is pretty much what you would expect from this match. Started off a little slow, you know, kind of a feeling out process. They're doing some moves, but then I thought it really did pick up at the middle and at the end. With these matches, I think there's always kind of them trying to raise the bar and do bigger and bigger spots. I'm always a little tentative and a little scared, I for the most part, I'm not going to say that this was a super safe match. By any means, there was definitely some spots where risk was taken. I think maybe the scariest spot would have been the Cameron Grimes taking a uh, power bomb off of the ladder onto another ladder that was Jimmy Rigged hanging on top of the middle rope into the ladder that was in the middle. Didn't exactly hit it flush. Didn't look like he hit his head or anything like that. Gano also didn't really land flush, but... Uh, just kind of, fill up overall your thoughts on the match and how this kind of stacks up to the other ladder matches that we've seen in NXT because this is kind of a gimmick. I don't know if they wanted to do this because it's kind of a gimmick and it is NXT 30, so they wanted to kind of pay homage to that part of their history. But yeah.
0: Um, I, 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 I'm going to have to give it an A. It was, some people can call it overbooked, but I think everybody played their part in which the ways they were supposed to uh, yeah, the uh, powerbomb to Cameron Grimes, that did not look pretty, and him getting up after that, I'm like, oh my god, they're they're going to put the title on him, but that didn't happen. Spoiler alert, Damian Priest is the new North American champion, but I mean, Candice LeRae running down to prevent Grimes from winning, she ended up beating uh, beating the tar out of him, and until Gargano, uh helped her deliver a hurricanrana from the apron, I mean, her jumping on Bronson Reed's back, and then uh, Reed just doing a, a dive, off the ladder on the Gorgano, shout out to Bronson wearing the uh, the purple flames, a la a uh, a Bam Bam Bigelow, another another very athletic big man. I thought all in all everybody played their part. Uh, Velveteen Dream, he he teased like he was gonna win, and when he was gonna do the elbow drop off the ladder, but he throws his hands up and and he hits the title, I like, oh wait, I could just win the championship. and Then I forgot who uh, knocked him off or whatever. But it was chaotic. It was you could call it a clusterfuck if you want to. But uh, it, it, it was fun. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this.
1: Yes, I did think that the the beginning of the match was a little bit slow, but they definitely did pick up the pace in the middle. I thought the best part of this match was definitely the ending. It was very chaotic and hectic, and they kind of did all their spots and the you know the big moments that everybody had because everyone did have kind of their big spot that they were set to do. But I did think they did a really good job at kind of having everyone have their own little spotlight at the very end of the match. Like There was a moment where I was like, Cameron Grimes was you know, everyone's kind of laid out doing their big spots. Cameron Graham walks up there. He seemingly was all alone. He was going to get it. But then I think Damian Priest is the one who cut him off. And as you said, you know, Velveteen Dream had his opportunity. I think everyone kind of had that moment in the match to have a believable uh, chance at getting the title, which I did think helped the match. I will go with an A minus as well. I don't think it was, it's like on par with the very best ladder match that we've seen in NXT. But obviously, with no crowd in attendance. They did take a lot of high risk. Uh, I just don't want to put it you know, above some of those other matches that we've seen in NXT, but I definitely did think this was uh, on the higher end. And I think with no crowd in attendance, you need to give them an even bigger boost because they did such a good job at it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, the next match, though, oh, oh my God.
1: The next match was a polarizing match to begin with. Yes, it is the Adam Cole taking on Pat McAfee. Adam Cole comes out first. He has the Undisputed Era with him. But he shuns them to the back, tells them, you know, I got this. And he does it all by himself, as what a babyface would do. He gets to the ring. Then it is Pat McAfee's turn. We don't get an entrance first off. We get Pat McAfee sitting backstage on a crate, cuts a promo. And he gets his goons to come out with him, a la what a heel would do. So we get a you know a stare down. They uh, go back and forth. We end up getting a little a shouting match, a little, not really, you know, physical altercation, but everyone's just kind of yelling at each other. Undisputed Era comes out. Then all, uh, I guess, eight of the extra participants get sent to the back. They definitely did protect Pat McAfee in this match. Pat actually was working over Adam Cole a little bit in the beginning to middle part of the match. You can definitely tell they were protecting him. They didn't ask him to do too much. He was doing a lot of, you know, rest holds, doing some, you know, some locks, and he wasn't asked to do anything spectacular, but I think he definitely did pull through and he did some good things. The big spots that Pat McAfee did is when there was the whole altercation on the outside. He did a Swanton bomb or a, you know, a, I don't even know what you ever a somersault senton. on. He did that on the outside. Then the other big spot is him and Adam Cole were fighting on the top rope. Uh, adam cole pushes pat mcafee off he does a backflip from the top rope lands on his feet in the middle of the ring then he runs up jumps from the mat up to the top turnbuckle hits a superplex and i mean that, that was pretty the two big spots of pat mcafee we then kind of the downfall was pat tries to punt adam cole on the outside kicks the stairs and just everything kind of went downhill from there pat hits a low blow pretty blatant i don't know how i mean they said the referee missed it but the referee was staring right at pat when he did it but adam cole able to make the comeback hits the panama sunset sunrise whatever the hell you call it super kick all that other good fun stuff adam cole gets the win we thought this was going to happen philip as someone who doesn't know pat mcafee doesn't really you know you didn't even know what team he played on so what did you think of his performance in this match
0: i mean i was working the people of course you know he played for the colts you know he was uh Roommate with uh, my boy Baron Corbin. Listen, I think I'm gonna go on record and say this is probably the best celebrity athlete match that I've seen in pro wrestling. I, 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 I think for the first attempt, I've, I'll give it to him. I mean, the huge backflip off of the top turnbuckle, and then the run, and then the vertical jump was absolutely astonishing. Pat McAfee, he surprised me. He really did. I was critical of him. I'm critical of all other athletes when they step into the pro wrestling realm. I'm giving this an A. I'm giving it an A. Job well done, Pat. Job well done. Pat yourself on the back, Pat.
1: I am right there with you. I will give it an A as well being that I know Pat McAfee, I've known what he's been doing for a long time. So I had high, I think I had higher expectations than some of the other wrestling fans who don't really know him and understand, you know, he loves pro wrestling and he's an athlete. Yes. He might be a punter, but even punters can be athletes as well. And I think he definitely did show out. I I still don't want to say this was the best celebrity match ever. I still want to go back. I've, Unfortunately, I don't think I've ever really seen the Bam Bam Bigelow LT match from WrestleMania in its entirety. So I think would, I would want to go back just to get a full-on comparison on which match was better. But I do think that Pat McAfee definitely did, I wouldn't say blow it out of the water, but I think he definitely had a marquee performance. He lost, as he should have There were some times where maybe there was a little bit of a near fall and Pat wasn't selling as great as he should have, or maybe he got a little too much offense. You can nitpick a little bit. I do think the match went a little bit too long in its entirety. It goes about 16 minutes, 12 seconds. I think he could have shaved that off to be sub 10. There was a lot of kind of Pat being on offense and kind of hemming and hawing and kind of stalling, which Pat at the end of it, he definitely was blown up, but you can tell. And I mean wrestling is really hard and people can say they're in shape and they can run a few miles in a, you know, in a 10 minutes or something like that. But when you get in the ring, there's nothing like being in ring shape. And I think Pat McAfee did a fantastic job. If he wants to come back, I'm all for it. If this was just kind of a one-off dream scenario, then that's fine as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, then we have the penultimate match of the night, the women's NXT Championship match. The champ, Io Shirai, takes on Dakota Kai with their returning Raquel Gonzalez. In its entirety, the match goes about 17 minutes, 15 seconds. Io still retains the NXT Women's Champion. They they go back and forth. This was a well-worked match. I think this is... I mean, I, I know the, everyone kind of really liked the Finn Thatcher, and we're going to talk about Lee and Cross in a minute, but I did think that this was one of the better I think maybe well worked matches but I think the problem with this match was that Dakota Kai wasn't built up as a credible champion or as a credible threat to the champion. Yes, Raquel being there I think was a boost to Dakota Kai's chances just because you could see them having a kind of scree finish and Dakota being able I mean they teased it of EO being knocked out while the ref was down. I think that was the only ref bump of the night. So, I guess I'll just take one if this, We'll see what happens at SummerSlam. But overall, EO does get the win. I think similar to the Pat McAfee match, I think this match did go a little bit too long at 17 minutes, but I do think that the women did work well. At the end of it, we had some shenanigans where uh, Raquel Gonzalez attacks EO. Rhea makes the save. Seemingly, Rhea still has that feud with the Robert Stone-, Stone brand and more specifically Mercedes Martinez, so I would think that she would still be doing that. But who knows if this is going to be a pseudo-number-one contendership match between Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley to take on Io. Maybe Rhea turns heel. I I have not been very high on what Rhea has been doing ever since she won the championship against Shayna Baszler last December. She loses the title to Charlotte. Charlotte doesn't even do the job on the way out. Rhea doesn't really gain anything from any of this, and now she's just kind of a part of... She's just a regular wrestler, which maybe you can say Shayna Baszler was such a great heel. That's why... Rhea Ripley was such a great baby face in that moment, but I feel as though Rhea should be a lot more, and we're going to have to see what they do with her And after they tease this match with Raquel Gonzalez or Mercedes Martinez, a triple threat match. Who exactly knows?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, Brad had pretty much said it all. I don't have much to say about it. I, I didn't really enjoy this. This was my least favorite match of the night. I'm going to give it a C. Uh, they, they didn't do it for me. You said it was 17 minutes. I, uh, it felt, I guess because I wasn't really paying attention, maybe it felt longer, shorter, I don't know. I'm not really a fan of uh, Sony Deville Jr. I, 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 I don't I know I know her purpose. She's the heavy for Dakota Kai, but she doesn't really do it for me the way you watch like China's work with uh, Hunter and Shawn back in the day, yeah, she, or even Camille's work with Nick Aldis in the N.W.A. No, she doesn't really uh, move the needle for me, and that may not be a popular opinion, but it's it's my opinion.
1: I know your boy Shawn Michaels compared Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez to Shawn Michaels and Diesel. How do, what do you guys say about that?
0: Sean got punted in the head. He, he's not thinking Well, this,
1: this, this was a few weeks or months ago back when FS1 had a, a WWE show.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it, um, he, he he probably didn't get a, a good night's sleep, didn't did he? He got
1: saw. a concussion during that Saudi Arabia match, and he's still feeling the last effects.
0: Uh, absolutely. So is his hairline. Jesus. Sorry, Sean. I love you, kid.
1: I think I'm a little bit higher on this match than you are. I'm going to give it a B-. minus. Yeah, I wasn't the best match. And I think it just kind of all comes down to the build and how Dakota Kai wasn't really a threat to Io. I didn't really feel as though throughout the match that there was any real point that Io was in danger. Even when they had the ref bump and Dakota Kai had the pseudo-false finish, I still didn't believe that there was any real danger of Io losing her championship. But I do think I am higher on Maybe not Raquel Gonzalez, but I think the pairing of Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I think because Gonzalez just showed up a couple days ago that they weren't really able to, you know, get the ball rolling on that. But with Rhea into the pitcher, as I said, it is kind of confusing because I was expect I wasn't expecting a Rhea Mercedes match on this week's takeover, but I was expecting it to happen sooner rather than later. And then now we're just getting Rhea and Gonzalez. But maybe it could just be logical booking. The babyface is getting beat down. The babyface has friends with other babyfaces, so the babyface's friend is going to help save the babyface. Babyface.
0: Yeah, babyface yeah, baby Uh the, the artist K- Kenneth Evans, very talented artist. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it it happened. That's that's all I really got to say about it. Um, but but the, the the last match of the night, uh, surprising ending. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yes, the main event, the fifth and final match of the show. We get Keith Lee defending his NXT Championship against. Karrion cross with Scarlett. They run the entire video package that they ran on NXT that I praised. Now that they ran the... I mean, I should have ex- expected them to run the same exact video package on TakeOver, but maybe they should have done some sort of angle or promo or health update on Keith Lee on this week's NXT on USA. But we get to the match. We get the entrances and everything. A definitely not a Keith Lee... Dominic Dijakovic match wasn't high flying wasn't all over the place wasn't frenetic but I thought that this was a well-worked match I, I mean I I don't say I like liked it and enjoyed it I thought that it was a good match I think I'm a little down on it I think it might have been not boring but it was just kind of laborious but that's what Karen Cross does he's a big monster Keith Lee is a big monster babyface as well. So it's just kind of two big dudes going at it and attacking and, you know, doing some like suplexes and wrestling for momentum and, uh, you know, leverage and everything like that. In the end, Karen Cross is your new NXT champion, winning it in about 22 minutes. We get to the top rope and we get a top rope super. Saito suplex, Karen Cross hits that for the win. Philip. I believe you picked Carrion Cross. I was going back and forth. I didn't know I could see either one of them winning, but in the end, they picked Cross to win. And now Keith Lee, who had two championships not too long ago, now he has nothing.
0: That's true. I did pick Carrion Cross and so did Baby Huey. Congratulations, Huey. Still bullet cast champion. Um yeah, you know, the finish it was a it was, it was one of those things to where if they were in front of a live crowd, I think people they wouldn't know how to react and delay the music, kind of, I don't want to kind of like, you know, when Takers lost the streak, how people are just like, oh, wait, wait, what, you know, I, I think if you had had something like that with the live crowd, that would have been nice and fine, Um, but, I mean, the, the match was methodical, you know, that's just kind of how Karrion Cross works, the entrance is absolutely amazing, uh, I don't know what, Scarlet Screaming, they all fall or whatever, Um, but Karrion Cross to use such a basic move, a, a, a Saito suplex, you know that's different in uh, wrestling. You know he looks like a guy that would have like a a sleep a sleeper lock for a finish, or maybe a devastating power bomb. But the Sayato suplex off of the top rope it was different. We don't see that uh, nowadays in wrestling. You know, in an average match, an indie match, guy would have kicked out. They would have went on to a, uh, a higher pace and then stopped and rested or whatever. But uh, yeah, man, you know, all in all, congratulations, Karrion Cross, you're the new NXT champion. NXT doesn't do short-term title reigns, so I'm interested to see what happens to Keith Lee now.
1: Yeah, I think overall I'm going to give this match a B. I didn't feel as though it really hit that crescendo as an NXT title change really should have. Keith Lee did kick out of one Saito suplex. I think maybe he even kicked out of two so that's just a move that has been very protected and Keith Lee was able to kick out of it. So like uh, you know protecting Keith Lee, they definitely did that in this match and you kind of talked about a Keith or a Keith Lee losing the championship. they don't do short-term title reigns very often. Now we have a heel champion. I was wondering what the match or what the finishes were gonna be because I was kind of saying, you know if we're gonna have a heel champion champion on one end in terms of nxt or north american then maybe we're gonna have a baby face or a heel on the other end just to kind of differentiate i didn't think we're gonna have two of the same character hold the championships and i guess that's what we're doing damian priest is now i guess a baby face as the north american champion now we have a strong heel as in carrying cross as the nxt champion we keep talking about adam cole i guess turning baby face even though that's kind of one aspect i didn't not like but i just didn't think they did too well in that Pat McAfee match. They didn't really turn him kind of all the way. He was just kind of Adam Cole, which if this was in front of a, a live crowd, the live crowd just went absolutely ballistic and been cheering Adam Cole the entire time. But do you think Adam Cole is that next challenger for Karen Cross? Do we see Keith Lee try to bounce back and maybe tries to get the title back, but then he ends up losing it? Just right now with NXT, in the whole atmosphere of wrestling, there's not a lot of free agents or any big names that I can really see NXT going out to sign and bring in to take on Karrion and Cross, so I think they need to like look either in house or maybe bring in somebody from the main roster, and I just don't know who that is at this point, which is kind of exciting, and also worrisome.
0: Um, well, they advertised it during Takeover Wednesday. Daddy's coming home. Tomaso is coming home back to NXT. He and Karrion and Cross have some unfinished business. Cross mopped the floor with them at what was it, Takeover, in your house. So I I, I see that as a as a suitable next challenger until they can build somebody up real quick.
1: I do think that that is a, a good first match if Karen Cross and Chompa are going to go at it for the title, have Chomp, have Chompa lose again. At that point, I don't really know where Chompa goes from here. I think Finn is out there. He's kind of a heel babyface. He's kind of in the same boat as Damian Priest and Adam Cole. I would like to see Finn Balor move up and Finn versus Karen Cross is Finn being an undersized babyface, but a badass babyface as well. I think that could be a very fun matchup.
0: No, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I don't know where Finn is going to go from here. Maybe he'll, uh, well, he beat Damian Priest, so maybe he can try to challenge him for the, uh, the North American Championship.
1: Possibly. Overall, Philip. I don't know exactly what the hype was on this show. Being it that there's no fans in attendance, this should have been, obviously, with SummerSlam Weekend, a big event, a big series of events for WWE. Overall, what would you give NXT TakeOver 30? as a grade
0: oh man um looking at it i'll give it a B. I'll give it a give it a b minus you know there were some things i thought that could have been better uh but all in all i think everybody you know they they, they did a good job or close to a good job and yeah yeah that, that, that's my take on it
1: i gave the pat mcafee match an a that was on a scale i still would say the nxt north american ladder match was Probably the best match, even though it's spotty and everything like that. With NXT Takeovers, kind of put kind of put that on a a scale as well, on a curve. Just because pretty much every NXT Takeover is a fantastic show. I think on the NXT Takeover curve, I think I'm gonna give this a B minus. You know, 82, 83 percent, a strong B minus. I liked kind of everything on the show. Nothing really blew me away. I did think the Pat McAfee-Adam Cole match was a pleasant surprise. I think they protected him well. They told a decent enough story. I think there was enough high-flying action at the end of the ladder match. The Thatcher-Finn match, it was what it was. I don't think I'm that—I wasn't that high on the match, on the main event match. But it is a heel winning, and you're not supposed to feel that great after a heel wins the main title.
0: Yeah, uh, (coughs) excuse me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that's going to do it for us. I guess I'll 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 take it over and close the show real quick. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know I I uh, am not my usual eccentric self, but uh, hopefully tomorrow when we do the SummerSlam recap, I'll uh, I'll feel a little bit better. So like I said, tomorrow SummerSlam recap. Monday we'll be doing a recap of AEW Dynamite. Sorry I can't hit you with it. Uh, and yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Stay clean. Stay strong. Stay safe. Stay quarantined. Diamonds are forever. And so is the microphone messiah. This has been the Bullet cast. Thank you for listening.